You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Gutting, 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 gutting. Hey, hi. What's going on, Kevin Goatee? Gutting the sacred cow. Got. Damn it, we've got a great episode. Connor Tool from Bro Bible joins us this week to try and take down one of the most recent beloved films that started off him doing a bunch of horrible films that are like the first one, and that would be Liam Neeson's Taken. That's right. He is coming after the man who loves to hunt down Albanian sex traders. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Say hi. And if you want to uh, advertise with your service or your product with us, Love to, love to talk to you. And of course, guttingthesacredcow.com every single day. Do not forget, we love for you to subscribe to us on YouTube. That's going to help us with monetization, so we'll thank you kindly. Appreciate that. Without any further wait, let's go to Connor Tool trying to take down Taken. Love you. This podcast is brought to you by Military True Crime Addict, a podcast focusing on true life events of military personnel, veterans, and those associated with the military. Give a voice to the victims and hear their side of the story. Raise awareness of the heinous crimes and support those most impacted. Military True Crime Addict is available wherever you get your podcasts. And you don't need to know anything about the military to listen. Now, back to the show. Kids to feed. Kevin Israel, name that film. No idea. Hmm. I wonder if our guest Connor Tool knows that movie. Hey man, I got five kids to feed. I know it's not trading places, but I think it's trading places. It is not trading places. It is the 1990 classic Total Recall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kevin Israel, as a Schwarzenegger fan, I truly expected you to know. I haven't seen Total Recall in a long time. It is on so, cable. Would you say you don't totally recall it? 
Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> there it is. First one. Bazinga. First one. And this is Circle why. Circle gets a swear. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> this is why I get on podcast. I was saying, this is why Connor Tool from Bro Bibles decided to join us tonight. Connor, how are you, man? What's going on? Good. I'm very excited to uh, to make a lot of people very mad online like I have been for the past decade. So I've been practicing my entire life for this moment. <laughs> is, would this be almost a uh, Kelly Clarkson uh, this moment? I don't know the fucking song because I'm not, you know. <laughs> but uh, here we go. My- so here we go. Connor, so thanks for coming from Bro Bible. Tell us about what you're up to. Shout out what you want to talk about real fast and uh, what you're what you're doing these days. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I've just been doing writing about dumb things online, doing some dumb things online that people write about, and mostly writing dumb things about dumb stuff uh, for about a decade. So I'm right now deputy editor of Bro Bible. Been there for a few years. Uh, um, incredible group of guys, and we like to think that we make entertaining content, but uh, you'll have to check it out yourself to uh, BroBible.com. Uh, to see if that's indeed the case. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing content for uh, over a decade on the internet and uh, it is been a ride. So, but I get to do stuff like this and tell my parents, hey, look, here's something concrete you can point to. So thank you. <laughs> uh, hi, mom and dad. <laughs> Are you on the internet talking about boobies again, Connor? <laughs> no, that was, the, that was the 2014 internet. I've matured now. So, <laughs> so much growth. I, I don't know why I gave a man named Connor a Jewish mom. I mean, that's a hell of, a, <laughs> hell of an impression. Well, hello, Bubba. Have you decided to grow up and find yourself a young Kevin? That's your real house. I don't know why I'm doing that. Because deep down, aren't all our moms Jewish moms? Isn't that the <laughs> My mother is a world champion complainer i will give her a nagger oh she will yeah. fucking school anyone i'm nagging welcome <laughs> to the tribe kev welcome <laughs> to the tribe <laughs> as a comic for 11 years i've already been indoctrinated by your people <laughs> connor has alluded to he's taking he's gonna go after a film that's gonna piss a lot of people off and he's right this film is the 2008 i dare say uh, not a mega hit but damn is it what an roi is taken the film that resurrected Liam Neeson, yes, the same Liam Neeson that was Qui-Gon Jinn in episode one, Blech, as well as Darkman. Hey. I'll pause Dark- for Darkman. I liked Darkman. It's okay. They made a Nintendo <laughs> game out of it, and boy, was it bad. I'm shocked. <laughs> a Nintendo game made out of a mediocre sci-fi movie? How could that go wrong? It worked great for Superman and Spider-Man. I'm not sure why that was an exception. <laughs> And Beavis and Butthead. That game was <laughs> terrible, if you recall. But we're talking about Taken, which Kevin Israel... Actually, I'm sorry. We're going to go to our guest, Connor. Connor, what do you think Taken scored on the old IMDb? 1 through 10 with decimal points. Taken. 6.4. 6.4. Kevin Israel, what do you have? 8.3. 7, eight. No uh, way. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm right. here. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Kevin is your Rotten Tomatoes. You know it. You love it. One through 100 scale for Rotten Tomatoes. What did the critics score, uh, give uh, taken on the old Rotten Tomatoes critics tomato meter? 79. I'm going to go with like 47. And that's 50, generous. 59. Wow. 59. We're going to go, uh, Kevin Israel, what did the, I'm sorry, you went first. Uh, Connor, what did the audience, audience give taken? Oh, the, the audience, they got it seven, eight, uh, probably like 87. Kevin Israel? I'm going to go 90. 85. Ah, 
over three. <laughs> we were both we were both lost on the prices, right? Though. Yeah, we were we were both putting our own personal biases. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! Now you get a copy of the board game from two male models. <laughs> a budget of two, and I did this backwards, but the budget in two thousand eight of twenty five million dollars. Box office hall, two hundred twenty six point eight million dollars. Wow! Wow! Liam Neeson forecasted this to be a bomb, which it was the farthest thing it was. Turn that twenty into twenty twenty one dollars. You bet your ass I have thirty one million dollar budget, a box office haul of two hundred eighty million dollars. Not too shabby. That (laughs) is uh, one hell of an ROI, kids. Yeah, it is quotes i'm lazy for this one i'm gonna take the obvious too you guys can jump in with yours good luck (laughs) and we spoke on the phone two days ago dot 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 the whole monologue connor i'll let my guests go next what quotes stood out to you i mean there's so many just terrible one-liners in it i mean there's obviously the whole taken speech but i would say um when he goes to rescue his daughter and he's like i'd turn on the apple tower if i had you (laughs) <laughs> when, when do you have to turn on the iPhone? What scenario is that playing out where it's rescue daughter that has to happen? That's just, I don't see it. It's passion, Connor. It's passion. <laughs> it also is just one big erector set. It probably wouldn't take that much longer for that. You to just fall one piece out. Right, yeah. right. right. It, it, it would fall faster than that Miami condo just fell. Oh, Jesus Christ, Kev. It's not, I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying comparing times. Don't get all butthurt. Did you live in that condo? No. Shut up then. <laughs> uh, Kevin Israel quotes. What do you have? The only one I got that I, that I actually use on a pretty regular basis, basis is, it's a flesh wound. <laughs> I love that line. That line I that adore it. It's in a million different films. <laughs> I, but but for, it's, you say it with his kind of inflection. It's uh, it becomes something special. Do our Liam Neeson for the next forty minutes. Really <laughs> like it's just gonna be, it's gonna be a very subtle Neeson off. But I, I'm looking curious. Or I'm curious to see who emerges. Liam Neeson trying to be American. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear Connor do Liam Neeson and say midichlorians. Midichlorians. Yeah, that's a good fucking, pretty good goddamn one. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. Want to take a get? No, you're not. This is gonna be a rough one. Jeff Bridges dropped out of filming this, and Liam Neeson stepped in. Can you imagine? Jeff Bridges was gonna be. Was gonna wow. Be, yeah, was gonna be Brian. And, of course, he'd be running around spilling white Russians, chasing them in a fucking bathrobe. <laughs> I couldn't that- picture him beating anybody up. Mm. Was he ever in a movie where he kicked somebody's ass? Arlington Road. Tron. I mean, Tron, yeah. Barely Tron. <laughs> Arlington Road, man, that is, an, that is a master class in having the bad guy win and just fucking over everything that's good. Number two, the budget of this film, as I said, $25 million. Liam uh, Neeson's salary for this film, $1 million. Liam Neeson's salary for taking two, 
twenty million dollars. <laughs> With Liam Neeson's, so, sorry, ten million. I take that back. Ten million for taking two. Twenty million for taking three. And that was the worst one. <laughs> uh, they were all fucking. The sequels are pretty goddamn awful. I mean, they were egregiously awful. Uh, you know what? I don't think I even saw the Apple, third. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's all I'm going to say. Is this third one the one where Famke Jansen gets killed and he goes off on a hell-bent revenge spree? I couldn't even tell you. It's been Fair. so long. I did watch I it on Netflix. from my memory. <laughs> I just remember the second one where he's, like, talking to his daughter through the phone and she's supposed to be, like, geolocating through sound. And she's, like, drawing a circle on a map. And I was like, who the fuck <laughs> could figure this out? Oh, with the explosions and <laughs> yeah. It's like she's fucking Morgan Freeman in Bat in the Dark Knight <laughs> using the cell phones to right. point the location of the Joker. I don't like this technology. You must destroy it after. <laughs> By the way, I'll, I'll shout out Matt Jenkins at a great joke. He's like, black people rebooted the film the movie Taken and called it Took. Took. Yeah. Great joke. Number three, none of the Albanian terrorists are played by actual Albanians because all the Albanians who are approached to do this said, quote, it would do massive damage to Albania's image. <laughs> what, what is Albania's image? Can you- the bore out of the board effect in full force. Yeah, yeah. Don't visit Kazakhstan because they're all backwards and anti-Semitic. Don't visit Albania because they're all sex slave traders. <laughs> There is a kill every three minutes of this film. We're talking, that's a that, fine that's, statistic. That's like a commando number, Kevin Israel. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like commando might be even more. I do too. He yeah, was but shooting, it's close. It's close. He was shooting giant machine guns. How many flesh wounds, though? That's the important question. <laughs> Only the main, one. The main one, where, where he threw the circular saw and scalped that guy in the shed. Oh, man. <laughs> I could watch great? that on repeat all day. Isn't it? Oh, it's a great fucking movie. I tried figuring out for so long how you could throw one of those without cutting your own hand. We got to grab it. It's the, the magic of Hollywood, baby. Yeah, you'd have to get it right. You'd have to get it right. <laughs> Number five, Maggie Grace. 25 years old while filming this, by the way. <laughs> I We're didn't talking- look it up because I wanted to, yeah, I didn't even want to know. I had to. Was trained by a world-renowned running coach to teach her the finer points of running, like, quote, a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> Kevin she was supposed real- to be 17, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. That, that's all right. the look I was going for. That's you, by the way. That scene, oh. you know what? That scene where she, where they're in the in the restaurant, and she comes to ask him to go to Europe, and she runs at him. I I said to my wife, I was like, "What? Who runs like that?" <laughs> so that's amazing that that's a fact. Because I was like, "That's the most." And she had like the little girl shoes on those. I can't remember what they're called, like the saddle shoes or whatever. Like she's supposed to be seventy. She's not nine. <laughs> running the mile who forgot their shoes in gym class and he's just like oh, i gotta go <laughs> do better run faster <laughs> and now for our brand new subject uh, and that is ask a gutter and i won't f- is it zypho yeah zypho zypho's asked wants to ask our guest connor tool does he have a certain uh, set of tools certain set of skills excuse me to take down this film uh no, but I'm gonna try and do. I, I mean, I've watched way too many terrible action movies, so I think I'm an expert on that. Um, so I'm gonna give myself that credit. I don't but, think you're giving yourself enough credit. I feel like you might be locked and loaded for this one. Oh, I mean, I'm ready. I mean, I I'm not gonna. I I, I can't. 
toot my own horn until we go. But I mean, I think right. that I, like him, have spent the past 10 years in the trenches abandoning my family preparing for this moment. So <laughs> yes. I, my, I, I, I don't, I have a daughter. I've never seen her uh, just for, for today. So let's make it worth it. Well, I hope she's wearing a very identifiable jean jacket so you can find her. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Kevin. Thank you, sir. I got her a be dazzling kid for free. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to wear this it's stupid the, jacket? Like, <laughs> haven't you ever seen Taken? Oh my god, that's almost as bad as like the Asian families who put the harnesses on their kids when they go to the malls. <laughs> that's funny. But now it is that is, and that concludes Ask a Gutter. That is the only question we got for Connor. So, Kevin Israel, I don't want to keep this man waiting. I can't wait to hear more Liam Neeson impressions. I know you can't either. So now it is time for Connor Tool to gut. Gut. The, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. All right. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for allowing me to ruin this for everyone. Um, as I teased this morning, I've been sitting on sort of a, a nuclear option for, for years on end. I think this is going to probably ruin taken for most people watching this. Um, and that's the entire premise of this movie is like you said, she's, she was in a cafe drinking her milkshake, um, going to Europe. But she didn't go to Europe for the reason she said she didn't go to museums. Why did she go? To follow you two around Europe in 2008 as a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> this, this is four years after they released their most recent album, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. Um, she identified the fake Shakira at the beginning and said she loved her wasn't at that concert but in LA, but decided to fly to France and fly country to country night by night to follow Bono, the Edge, and the other guys who aren't named with real names, probably. Um, and I looked this up. There's a Reddit thread that I found, and someone, a YouTube fan, because they exist, went back and analyzed their set list for like 30 years. And they're infamous for essentially playing the same set list at every song and every tour. And so she gets, so she goes to Europe to watch. Bono and you two do concerts. Um, they get in, they find the first thing that they play at the apartment is the hives. It's a, and the second song they play is I couldn't even find it because I think they made this like emo pop pump song. Like you'd find it on the warp car, which was, she should be on the warp tour as a 17 year old <laughs> in 2008. But no, she's in Europe following you two. Um, so that's my biggest beef with that is just. I'm not one of those guys like, oh, this tiny plot hole ruined an entire movie for me. But like that, the premise of this, I mean, not even, I'll get to Liam Neeson in a bit, but that's just, I just take very much exception to that suspense of disbelief. Got it. Okay. And so second, so now she's there um, and she gets taken as her dad promised. And um, <laughs> that's the other thing is, first of all, he's like, Oh, yeah, no, you're, you're fucked. They're going to take you. But she gets called, phone's on the floor. He picks it up. First thing he does is says, I don't have any money. You know who does? The guy your ex-wife is banging. Because he just <laughs> sent you over to Europe on a jet, a private jet from his shell company. And you, you spent eight hours with the flight attendants just like, oh, he's still listening to the guy say good luck again. <laughs> and you've just been like, uh hi, I don't have any money for ransom, but you know who does? This guy who has a lot of money from, like, screwing over Russian oligarchs. And, like, okay, here's the thing. I'm not going to say, like, 
that could have been the end all be all. But try that approach, maybe. Because at the end, we find out she got auctioned off because she was a virgin. Somehow they verified. It was like verified on Twitter. It's like, oh, no, we certified that she's virgin. Certified pure. <laughs> certified pure, I wrote exactly. that down. Certified. <laughs> and she, she sells for $500,000, which, again, if you look at the logistics going into the auction, the staffing, like the Albanians are probably getting maybe 15% of that at most when they could have been like, oh, all right. So we have this girl's ID. We can look up who she is and find out like, oh, guy with shady business dealings in like Eastern Europe, where we're from. Maybe we could just like hit him up and get the money directly from him and get 10 times more than we would have. But um, they didn't. And um, I just, it's just, he's, Liam Neeson, he's a guy who plans so many things and seemed like he was so masterful about every single angle he had nailed. And it's like, okay, well, you just the biggest thing in the world. He could have just tried it. That's all. Um, and then the other side note for me is this. I kind of wish that the guy with a lot of money, that this would have been a great movie. This has actually been an updated version of the game where all of this was just an elaborate plan <laughs> to have to teach Liam Neeson about like the importance of spending time with your daughter. That it's just like a, a multi-continent, multi-million dollar just the nice little goof. And at the end, they're all like standing there like, Hey, you see now you found the meaning of love. That would have really sucked for the pretty boy who got taken out by the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately it wasn't, but, um, would have 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 been funny if they would have had like the game, they would have had like a Jack in the box, hand a note, like, Oh, your daughter's taken. (laughs) 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 He would have called the Jack in box. It's like, hello. All right. And so then this brings me to sort of the bigger picture thing. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Liam Neeson said he didn't think it was going to bomb. In fact, he did an interview a couple of weeks ago where he said, I thought it was going straight to video because right. not because it was necessarily bad. It was just so generic and underwhelming. And that's what it is to me is like I said, I love bad action movies that are like, so bad they're good this is not one of them like the only people or the only reason people realize or care about this movie is because they got so caught off guard by liam neeson in this role so it's like okay the guy who did he's like he sells himself as the 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 biopic guy it's like oh i'm oscar schindler i'm michael collins i'm the guy who writes about sex a lot and then so he had taken a think three or four year hiatus between his most previous film and this one. And so he comes back. It's like, love actually guy, Kinsey guy. All of a sudden he's all running around Europe, kicking bad guys butts. And it's like, okay, cool. It's a novel concept, but like you put Billy Zane in there. No, one's going to care about this movie. You put, <laughs> you, you, you put Dolph Lundgren in there. Like that, that went straight to VHS. It went straight to VHS. And said, okay, like, I would see that movie. Really yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and it's just like, there's so many elements of it that are just, like trite cliche action with no real self-awareness no wink and a nod it's like i mean he was at first of all this is the guy who's inept in technology using a disposable camera and how does he find the guy who kidnapped his daughter he finds a card and goes and does like csi level enhancing on a photo kiosk in paris and finds the reflection and like finds the mirror and it's i would take in two or three there's the scene where he jumps over the fence and has like 18 cuts in 10 seconds and everyone's like oh that's so bad this movie has so many of those examples all the car chases it's like you would have an epileptic seizure if you didn't have some warning going into this and it's just 
there's so many just cliches that there's no it's it's so incredibly generic that i think most people were just like oh this is a nice little turn for liam neeson good for him like his wife died now he gets to do some fun stuff and it's like yeah i mean it's fun in a vacuum maybe which brings me to the final big point that i need to address is that it's responsible for the liam neeson action era oh yeah is is the world a better place no (laughs) no it's not i mean he it's have you seen life the life too short scene where he does improv or he wants to do improv with ricky gervais no No. it's incredible yeah so he goes in and warwick davis is there and Stephen merchant and ricky gervais are having a meeting and then liam neeson just crashes in he's like i want to do comedy (laughs) <laughs> and he just lists he literally has a list he's like i want to do improv sketches parody and like for this i feel the origin story for taken is the same thing he just like he sat down with his agent and this lot of things like i want to do a uh, car chases and explosions and corny one-liners and middle eastern henchmen and henchmen getting riddled with bullets and henchmen with accuracy of stormtroopers and it's like he just <laughs> he checked all of those off on this it was a great entry for him but then what do we get after this we get his like First of all, we we got the Wrath of the Titans, which is like an awesome bad movie. Like that's a good, that's a good terrible movie. Wasn't it Clash of the Titans? Clash of the Titans. I'm sorry. There was like, yeah, it was the remake that didn't need to be. Is he Zeus? Yeah. 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 Uh, Unleash the Kraken. Uh, Oh, you beat me to it. it, Which was great. But then what we get, what else? We have like Punches with Wolves or like the Gray or whatever it is. Punches with Wolves. Um, well we got recently, <laughs> the, there's the what? Is that like the is it, is it like the is it like the biggest retarded Indian of that tribe? Punches with wolves. <laughs> and then most recently, we got like the gritty reboot adaptation of Ice Road Trekkers on Netflix, which blew yeah. up. Guess what? He was in two years ago. He played a movie where he was a snow a snowplow driver, hell bent on revenge. So like, yeah. cool. Everyone looks at Taken. It's like, oh, this is a nice little change of pace for Liam Neeson. You look at the butterfly effect. You look at the dominoes. What did we get? It was just like it just shit. Like, there's no nothing good has come from this. Can I, <laughs> like, should I wait? Should I tell you why he's, he did this film and why and why we're seeing this now? Or should I wait to my to my points? Because I have the answer. Uh, I know the answer. Well, no, actually, you know what? I will give me 10 seconds to wrap up. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish up. Finish up. And we'll go to it. And so, like I said, I mean, I think if this, especially, and this movie also takes itself so seriously considering the subject matter. And it's like, there's, it's about (laughs) Albanians kidnapping 17-year-old girls and enslaving them to a Saudi Arabian prince on the yacht. And, but like, it's, they like believe that this is almost like a worthy, like good cause movie for them. Um, I don't know. It's just like give me crank too any day of the week. Just like <laughs> just like give me something so over the top and self aware and shitty that it's awesome. Whereas this is just like, all right, take it. So um, yeah, that's I rest my case, um, and I would I am more than happy to hear counter arguments and. and uh, having to respond so you're telling me that transporter three and death race two and Hobbs and shaw trump taken uh Hobbs and shaw yes death Race, yeah oh death race two absolutely yeah is that the one where they're on the the like reboot with yes yeah no, like, them all... in death race two yeah 
He was yeah. in, by the way, he was in all those films I just pulled right out of my asshole. <laughs> that's how good I am. Well, that's the thing is, Transporter 3 is great because, like, the first Transporter. <laughs> how can you differentiate between Transporter 1, 2, or 3? I can't exactly. even. Well, I've seen them all. How can you do it between Taken 1 and 3? It's because, like, Taken he, was. Oh, I can. Well, that's the thing. Here's the problem is the first Transporter is like, oh, this is like a pretty serious, like, sure, it's Jason Statham action stunt movie, but like pretty straightforward. By the time you get three right. in, it's like, we're not even going to try anymore. Stay with Fast and the Furious, stuff like that. With Taken, it's just like, all right, we didn't even really mean to try on this first one, but I guess we're going to do two more and still not try or change the formula. And I don't know. You, I'm sure you're the numbers guy. So you tell me if the box office paid off for that. But I did not do any. Can he, can he, can he put a do. can he put a price on reputation though? I say you can. Uh, oh, you can. I'm lying. I'm lying. <laughs> listen, listen. Have you seen the Peyton command Peyton Manning commercial that he turned down? I don't think so. Neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, I rest my case. I want to. I'm okay. So what the fuck? Taken two made three hundred seventy six point one million dollars. All right. Well, yeah, that was just off a of reputation. That was purely people just going in because they wanted to see it again. And Taken three <laughs> made three hundred twenty six million. I mean, the fucking you can't argue the third one was dog shit, and the second one sucked too. The, the first one you can argue. Oh, don't forget, uh, Connor. He did also do nonstop. He did run out of And of course, how can you ever forget the commuter where he's on a goddamn Metro North train? Uh, the commuter sucks. <laughs> I didn't watch it, nor will I, but okay. He wasn't, I don't think he was, he wasn't an action hero in that though. He was, he was like just a guy who happened to be there. He wasn't like, it was, everybody thought he was going to be an action hero and he wasn't. Before also I get- my favorite, my favorite thing is action movies that take place on trains too. It's like, we know where it's going. <laughs> Oh really? So like, I've, I've, I've there's found only the, one way this train can go. I I found I found the one and only person who's going to try and defend under siege two in dark territory. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no yeah, I will defend under siege two to the death. Oh, that was filmed under siege. We did under siege one on this very podcast. Before we get to our notes, I will tell you the story why he decided to do this film. I forgot. I mean, I should probably Google this here. Liam Neeson's wife did not want him doing any of the these kind of action films back in the day. Until, well, she, well, she's dead now. So. Yeah, well, there you go. Natasha, <laughs> Natasha Richardson, until she skied yeah. into a fucking tree a la Sony Bono, if I recall that correctly. As Google said, hey, holy shit. Here's the headline. A typical day at a Canadian ski resort ended in disaster for the parent trap actress and her family following an unexpected deadly fall on a beginner's tree. So she didn't ski into a tree. But she told Liam Neeson, I don't want you doing these kind of cheesy action films. What's the first thing you do? What's the first thing that he did, excuse me, besides get some new pussy? He did a shitty action film, and that was <laughs> So because she what? died, this is the – you said it. The butterfly effect, I couldn't have put it better. If she didn't die, we would not have taken – and the films like The Commuter or A Walk Among the Tombstones. Classics, all of them. <laughs> Actually, we would have. No, we'd still have taken because Jeff Bridges was going to do it. It would have just been with somebody else. Oh, yeah. Here Who was have... next on the list? Oh, yeah. I don't uh, think Bridges would have been a big enough pivot, though, to, like, be a draw. Like, I think Liam Neeson was that weird, perfect, magical Venn diagram of whatever drew people there. I don't yeah, know why. They, they, but... they, they must have enjoyed his work as the bad guy in The Deadpool, the last Dirty Harry film. 
These notes brought to you by Gutting the Sacred Cow, where you can get some sweet-ass merch like this, hats, mugs, bags, mugs. I already said mugs. I'm being repetitive. And uh, guttingthesacredcow.com every day has blog articles, our list of 10 movie news, our new favorite thing of what movie would you want to see made. Guttingthesacredcow.com every day. And if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Notes! I didn't know a karaoke machine would need to be put on a layaway program. Jesus Christ, Brian Mills. Get a financial planner if you cannot properly budget your money. <laughs> he visited that thing like a kid saving up with his allowance for a fucking transformer. Like, that's how pathetic this film started off. Yeah, but who used that karaoke machine? Beyonce. Mariah Carey. <laughs> and Gwen Stefani, baby. That's a, that's a murderer's row of karaoke singers right there. Maggie Grace looks old enough to be in MILF porn, not a high schooler. <laughs> it's bad enough the new husband dicks down Fanky Jamson, but then to really put the all-in fuck you move on Liam Neeson, he drops at least five figures on a goddamn horse. Talk about killing a fly <laughs> with a shotgun and emasculating the poor guy who fought for our fucking country. We're going to do this again, huh, Kev? Oh, are we? Okay, I'm let's see. Do I, don't, I don't think you got this next one. One trait I would never imagine that, is, that a CIA operative does is scrapbooking. Yep. <laughs> you had that too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I went first. I'm so, <laughs> don't worry. You can go first for the next episode. <laughs> imagine if Liam Neeson was protecting Mariah Carey and asking her for advice while singing, uh, you know, for, about singing. Uh, she's been known to be a real pleasant last right. And I have a story about Mariah Carey. When in Vegas, as most of my stories usually start out, we were having dinner at the steakhouse in the wind. We were, uh, my back was faced to the entrance. Suddenly, the, a hush falls over the room. I go, what happened? What's going on? My buddy goes, Mariah Carey just walked in. So I go, and we're all fucking hammered. Of course, this is after hours of day drinking at the pool. Walking in, her bodyguard, she's walking in. She looks fucking good in person. And right as she passes our table, go, Mariah, not now. I am busy with my friends. We were having dinner. I said, now is not the time. Her bodyguards laugh their fucking balls off. Mariah, <laughs> Mariah Carey did not. <laughs> to the point where the dudes sitting on each side of us were like, holy shit, man. That was the funniest fucking thing I've seen in months. Can we hang out? Quote, can we hang out with you guys tonight? <laughs> cool. More male groupies, Kevin Israel. That's awesome. You got bodyguards fired. Good for you, Kevin. Yeah. Maggie, they were, they were, they, and it was like a, it wasn't like a smirk <laughs> and us. They were. <laughs> Maggie Grace looks like someone running on heroin or after she shotgun seven beers, put her bat on a, put her head on a baseball bat and then <laughs> 10 circles. This is the bat. Thank you. In other words, she runs like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Certain bad areas of Paris, says Liam. Just send me to listen. I would say, listen, just send me to the areas where there are not arrogant, smelly, non-deodorant using French people wearing berets. Just send me to that part of Paris. Oh, it's two blocks. Fuck that city. Famke Jansen. I've said it before and I will say it again. She is amazingly attractive. Oh, oh you are out of your mind dutch model kevin israel how can you fight that she is she makes me angry why <laughs> oh she just got this look on her face Ugh, i hated her in all the x-men movies fine I, she, she's just uh 
She's got she she doesn't have resting bitch face face. She has constant bitch face. Mm-hmm. Rounders, adorable. Golden eye, hot. His daughter's jean jacket looks like she had it airbrushed and macrameated at a mall in Omaha, Nebraska. I've flown to Europe four times, all red-eye flights. You know the first thing I did when I got to my hotel in all those different countries? I dropped my bags, turned up the tunes, and danced on a couch like a coked-out Vegas stripper uh, getting the chance to blow Antonio Banderas. Who does that? If anything, Taken, you can't... Now, Connor, you're going to admit this. If anything, Taken is one big public service announcement on what to do if you're being kidnapped. But what if you yell out different types of characteristics as you're being dragged away? Soft hands, great cologne, and by the, by the crease in his pants, and an average to above average dick. <laughs> Liam Neeson assembles a voice recorder faster than a NASCAR pit crew changes four tires. Liam Neeson played that kidnapping recording as many times as I've played. Whoop, there it is. You mentioned before, Connor, that he was going through his daughter's cell phone pictures. Imagine he does that in 2021. He would have to, he would have to, he would be stumbling through about 547 dick pics before he got to anything that gave him the clue where his kidnappers may have taken the daughter. Oh, God, this one's pierced. Oh, my, this one's vain, too. <laughs> The power of Christ compels thee. I've never paid for sex, unlike my co-host, and I've never would. <laughs> I just don't. I just want to throw out accusations and see what sticks. Yeah. I've never paid for sex, and going into a den where blankets separate you from dudes who have Megan's Law red circles next to their name certainly could not help anyone's boner of common sense. <laughs> I have a new tag. I'm not in marketing, but I'll give you a new tagline for the Jeep Explorer. Jeep Explorer can take more bullets than the Batmobile and still keep on ticking. <laughs> Kevin Israel, let's, let's, let's add something else to the badass list of shit that I have to do before I die, and that is drive through a construction site office trailer. <laughs> How fucking fun is that? They're made out of it's, it's, apparently. It's, it's not a building. It's a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I jumped out of my seat and said, holy fucking shit. How did the casting director manage to find the Albanian version of Fredo Corleone? <laughs> There's also French Kevin Spacey as the, uh, the, police, <laughs> the police detective. I like that. The we spoke on the phone two days ago scene has got to be one of those top ten scenes that your, where your reflexes kick and you yell, God damn, that's some shit. <laughs> Liam Neeson shooting his dinner hostess is a hell of a way to announce the food was terrible. Hope dessert was better for her sake. <laughs> so cheesy, but whatever. Certified pure are two words you'll never hear in Vegas, Cancun, or South Padre Island. But I guarantee you heard those words a lot in David Spade's or Jeffrey Epstein's homes. Well, there goes David Spade ever being on the podcast. <laughs> Mom, mom, guess what? I got a part in a movie. Congrats, honey. What do you do? What are your lines? Well, my only line is, ah, as I drop a flute of champagne. Two takes in, and now I'm a star. <laughs> the third woman in this film is, she drops a champagne when she sees the body in the elevator. And that was like, you could, that, that's like her big break. Because she just embraced and ate the shit out of that scene. Like, ah! 
As Liam Neeson chases the boats while driving down the wrong way of a one-way street, the scene from Naked Gun popped in my head. Now, Stephanie, normally you would not be going down 65 miles down the wrong way of a one-way street. Now, Stephanie, extend your arm and put up your middle finger. Love that. For bringing back the daughter alive, Liam Neeson should have been able to fuck Famke Jansen at least 10 times while her current husband has to watch him fuck her. In the butt. No. <laughs> the daughter must still be jacked up on heroin as she decides to take the ride home from the airport with her mom. Not the dad who killed 30 fucking bad guys in 91 minutes while getting shot and punched. What an ungrateful little bitch. Ugh. I enjoyed this when it came out. And nothing has fucking changed, baby. It is self-realizing and just solid ass-kicking for the entire time with a different angle than most kidnapped action films. I appreciate the lurid subject matter and it being creepy, again, in a different, uh, in a different angle than these kidnapped action films. I like this film. I, I think it's damn fun. Yes, it passes the remote test. Connor, the remote test is if you're flipping around on cable, you catch it at any juncture of the film. Do you drop the remote and watch it? The answer unequivocally is yes. Seven out of 10. Kevin Israel, floor is yours. So Kevin Goatee and I both grew up as kids in the 80s when action stars had to look like Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jean-Claude Van Damme. And this movie launched the hopes of a thousand middle-aged dad bods going, I could be an action star it gets possible and now we've just seen a slew of movies where just these average sized average looking guys are secretly badasses and you know what i'm kind of sick of it i don't want every normal joe thinking that they can fucking do gun kata or whatever john wick does like we need we need some arnold schwarzeneggers back in our life that's the that's the only reason i'm still behind the rock as an action star he makes he has not made a good movie in so long but god damn it at least he looks like a fucking action star at least i can believe he does some of this shit wait Watching, wait, wait 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 you you did like nobody correct no, yeah, yeah, nobody, I, nobody was good. Nobody was good. But it's still, but you know what? I, I enjoyed it, but it still, it still hit me with, come on, he's this little fucking, and I get it that he's supposed to be, but there's a point where you go, I don't care how skilled you are. It's the scene from um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where Brad Pitt beats the shit out of, uh, <laughs> out of Bruce Lee. Bruce, out of Bruce Lee. Because it's like, sooner or later, you're just going to meet a guy who can just overpower. Like, yes, all the skill in the world, but sooner or later, you're just going to get your ass beat. It doesn't matter. If you're a little guy, like, it just drives me crazy. Anyway, this movie also probably ended about 10,000 kids trips abroad. A bunch <laughs> of dads went and saw this movie and was like, well, <laughs> you're not going to Brazil next year. Sorry. Because I am not Liam Neeson. This this movie should have been called Taken. It should have been called Convenient. Because everything in this movie that happens is very convenient. Like, like if, if one thing didn't go right for Liam Neeson, his daughter would have been deep-throating a fucking Saudi Arabian prince for the rest of her five years of life. Like, this was... I mean, the fact, like, like you said, the fact that he saw the reflection, the fact that he happened to find the bedazzled jean jacket in that girl's trailer, the fact that she happened to remember that it was a place with a red door, the fact, like, it just keeps going, it kept building on it. He, his daughter just happened to come out last when he walked in uh, into the, uh, into the auction block. Like everything that happened, like I can take one or two of these things, but it was, this was an entire movie of just convenient occurrences for this man with a particular set of skills. 
and it just kept everything just kept slowly working out for him and and nothing went wrong nothing went wrong for Liam Neeson the only time anything went wrong was at the very end when they knocked him out and he was hanging up with the with the, with the handcuffs and then that moment of danger lasted all of them there are probably people at that party they would have paid good money for that too like you should be thankful that that happened to him (laughs) (laughs) uh this is also one of those movies that just sets the cia like if you worked in the cia you can do anything like there's (laughs) the cia means and they never actually even say they just say langley which is which I, I read a lot. I read tons of these thriller books and I've seen, you know, all these movies. But I, th- I think there's a large amount of people out there that if you said, what does Langley mean? They'd be like, I have no fucking idea. Like this movie played a little. They should have just said he was in the CIA, but they couldn't say they had to be like, oh, we were in Langley. And then there's the scene with all the army buddies all hanging out and re- like reminiscing about the good old times. That was that's such a that's like in so many movies where all the army guys get together. And like, remember the time when you only had three bullets and you were bleeding out your ass and we had to fight <laughs> off. <laughs> An army of Sandinistas back in '80s. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> this has never actually happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, the movie definitely should have been called uh, could have been called convenient. They made it, and they and this this was this movie took 37 minutes to get up to speed. The movie's I think 90 minutes long, 91 minutes long, something like that. 37 minutes to get get up to speed. When it does, it it gets there, but. I forgot how long of a runway this movie had before it got in the air. That's the same, same thing. What, yeah, when he goes to the house of the red door, I was like, this isn't an hour and five minutes into this movie. Like, it, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah the, it, there's, there's a first act and a second act that just kind of like didn't really do the whole third one. Yeah. And the scene, the whole scene with the singer, the whole, that entire oh, yeah. scene in the beginning, that could have been taken out. That didn't need to exist. It Speaking only existed. Out, how cute. Ah, see what I did there? <laughs> it, it only existed so you could have that final scene where she goes to the door and it's like, oh my God. And which would have never, ever. I mean, could you imagine Britney Spears doing that? Like nobody would ever, that would never, ever. Her dad wouldn't let her. What's that? Her dad wouldn't let her. <laughs> Not unless he got that 20% up front. Hashtag free Britney. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that the, the, the singer scene was, was just rude. And it was like, we get it. He's a nice guy. And they, they go, he went so, out of the, so far out of their way to be like, the new dad is a rich prick. The old dad is poor but loves her. You know how you're going to know? Because we're going to beat it into your face for 37 minutes until he finally. And he, <laughs> and listen. I would like to think that I'm a big enough guy to just be like, listen, I got to go save her. But at some point I would have said, I told you so. Like I, would, he at no point says, <laughs> I told you so. Like, I don't care how much of a bigger person he is. At no point did he say, I told you. And then even when he rescues the daughter at the end and they embrace and she's like, you came for me. I would have been like, now will you listen to me? You fucking bitch. <laughs> I just killed half of Paris for you. And speaking of which he murders so many people in this movie so many people die and he just gets on a plane and flies out of fr- i don't care that he worked for langley or that he knew this guy he's he, there's some legal action that's going to be taken against him he's not just going home he's on there's cameras there's film of him murdering people of him dry destroying a construction site oh the construction site <laughs> the guy just goes oh he's at the construction site and then he knows which construction site in Paris. He just drives to the, and it's just this big, massive construction site. It's like, oh, it's obviously, it's obviously. Uh, no, it, it's the one with 
dozens of people outside a shack in the middle handing yeah. in <laughs> numbers. And there was a well, real cons- well, and there were- well, 100 people around them welding, right? <laughs> and there was a real construction project going there. And none of the people working at that project were like, right, hey, you know, thing, I right? think they're keeping <laughs> cracked out women in that one trailer. Maybe we should port this. Apparently, what I took away from this movie is there's no police in Paris. Like, nobody's monitoring <laughs> anything that goes on in Paris. And when Liam Neeson went to the Albanians headquarters and walks in and just starts saying that he's a, a French official, nobody was like, why do you sound like a Scot trying to be American? <laughs> You're not even, your card says it's like a French name. name. John Claude. <laughs> yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not, not from Belfast. I'm from uh, uh, Normandy. Normandy. Oh, my God. There was there yeah there was a there was a lot in this when he was when he when he got first gets to Paris and he's trying to like relive her experience did he really have to climb under the bed like was that really a necessary part did he have to climb under the bed and then just sit there and be like I could see her shoes from here like that was, <laughs> that was that's the best part of that scene too is I realized until he finds a thing at the end and so the card at the end that was five minutes of that expedition for nothing like nothing happens there right from the moment he arrives if it just could just just find the SIM card when you get in there and like yes. save us all that five minutes. It would have been great. Absolutely. Now I, now I will get to the stuff I really liked about this movie. The action in this movie is satisfying to me. I love seeing people who deserve to get their ass beat, get their ass beat, but I always want them to get their ass beat a little more than they, maybe it makes me sadistic, but like the pretty guy in the beginning, who was the, who is the lore for the girls when he started punching him in the kidneys, I think I yelled in the movie theater. I think I remember going, yes! And people were like, this guy's a fucking maniac. And then when he got hit by the car, I remember being like, ah, that was too easy. Like, I wanted to get him punched in the face a few more times. The, the, the how high treatment. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but the scene, this movie has one of my favorite scenes in any action movie. Kevin alluded to it. The dinner scene mm-hmm. is without a doubt one of my favorite scenes in movies. I my wife and I quote that all the time. The the flesh wound, the the you forgot the weight of a gun that's loaded versus one that's not loaded. <laughs> that's just such a and he starts dropping the bullets like you bitch. He's throwing the bullets at him and the wife just and then he shoots on Claude. And then he shoots the wife in the the whole theater when I saw this movie screamed when he shot her in the shoulder and nobody cared. Like we didn't give a shit about her. Speaking of people you didn't care about, the friend dies. Her friend, who she goes, to, he finds her dead, and he's just like, "Oops, oh well, let's go on." <laughs> There's no mourning for the friend whatsoever. But that that scene in the that dinner scene had to be one of the most tense, uncomfortable scenes. Next to when your cousin decided to bring up the 2020 elections at Thanksgiving, like I feel like those two might have competed with each other, and then and then he just he just leaves, like he just he shoots her and he leaves. That's such a badass. I think every guy saw that and was like, I really wanted to do that someday. Like my, one of my buddies has a wife that I really hate and I'd like to shoot her in the <laughs> shoulder. Like she's not going to die, but I'm going to shoot her in her leg and be like, stop bitching. It's a flesh wound. I, I love, I could watch that scene probably every day to start my day. Like to just to get also, me jacked up. I, I do have to, I realize this. I didn't mention what happens right before that scene is when he is walking to his apartment just with a baguette in his hand. It is the most French. <laughs> well, yeah. Just not even a bag. Just yeah. like, oh, hello. <laughs> just me walking back home from work with my baguette in hand. The only thing missing was him wearing mime makeup. 
<laughs> and by the way, going back to my point of no repercussions, he killed some Middle Eastern royalty. He murdered the guy. And there's there's going to be international consequences for that. Like there's going to like an American operative went into Paris illegally and murdered the member of some Middle Eastern royal family. It's a good thing it wasn't a Washington Post journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> there is a headless make joke in the making. <laughs> so look, this this movie on rewatch, I haven't I haven't seen it in a while. There are there is like I said, there's a ton of real convenient occurrences in this movie that all string together but it the movie still makes me happy like it still makes like watching <laughs> Liam Neeson go around and just beat the shit out of all these guys and he beats them with it's not the action isn't as good as like John Wick John Wick now is where I hold like action action John the, the fight scenes in John Wick are about as good as it's gonna get this right. wasn't John Wick level but this was more just raw like I'm so angry I'm gonna punch you in the face and then and, and it's also and it, it's also one of those movies action you know those action movies where wherever you shoot a bad guy they're dead like no matter what happened like he went through the <laughs> Albanian and he just kept shooting people and they just died which I love in action movies and that brings me back to the 80s like a, a, a hero can get, get shot nine times never hits a vital organ a bad guy gets shot in the toe bleeds out dies and th- I, that just that always makes me happy this this movie still brings about some level of like 12 year old joy of just fun violence without any repercussions and i you know it it does have a ton of holes in it but for me it still it still fucking holds up i still really enjoyed it i and i didn't think i was i actually didn't think i was going to um but i did i did i did i it, it, and it, and by the way it's 90 fucking minutes. It's such a short movie. <laughs> it's unfortunate that the th- I think the, the beginning should have been like 15 minutes. I think they could have gotten all that point across in about 15 minutes and, ma- and made like a <laughs> 70. Did you want to have more, <laughs> more, more dialogue with him and the Albanian translator? No, I think the movie just could have been shorter. I think it yeah. could have been probably been like a 75 minute movie. Oh, my but, God. But I, 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 I did. I did really enjoy it and, I, and enjoyed it more than I thought it was going to. So for me, it, for me, it holds up. Give me a number. Uh, I'd give it a six and a half. All right, I said seven. And Connor, what, what number did you give? I don't know if I asked you or not. Uh, I mean, I'd probably do like a four, four, or five. Um, it's just for me, it's not in the vacuum, though. You got to look at, like I said before, what happened after this came out. And like you said, I mean, it convinced a bunch of people that you could just be a schlubby dude punching people. And that's it. And we just got a glut of these movies. And, and by the way, not- your U2 point is brilliant. Yeah, that, I, I, yeah, that went through I my head. Why I had to bring up anything else? But, and I and yeah, I and I, I, I was really. too lazy to look at the inner to, to go on the online and be like, was you too big back then? Because no. for some reason I was picturing this was in the nineties. But they're all no, no, they're always big. My wife is a huge fan. She goes to see them all the time. Every time they're around in the area, she even goes. She went with the Nashville with her friend to go see two shows. They're always touring. So that but was big fun. for big for teenagers. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know what it was? Kids it, it, do it. All it was the, the kids do it. It was the, <laughs> you know what it was? It was the iPod commercial that did uh, Vertigo, brought Vertigo when that came yeah. out. That's what might have gotten her at that time. I don't, I forgot when that commercial. No, came that out. was with that coincided with the album from 2005, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tommy yeah. Bob. So like, I, yeah, I like forgot. I said, go on Warp Tour. I forgot. Yeah, Warped Tour is so much better. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. I forgot to give one of my points, Kevin, and it involves one of our favorite topics. Liam Neeson on that fucking cruise ship has a goddamn MP5, but dives through glass to engage in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> this was the most 
There was a lot of that doesn't happen. This is the most egregious of that doesn't happen where he throws the gun away. And I mean, Jesus Christ, how many times have we fucking seen that? Where uh, Ninja Turtles, only a fool throws away his his advantage. Uh, Commando, I don't need the knife. I don't need the gun, John. I don't need the gun. (laughs) The the end of Commando, it's cool, though. When when he's like, I just want to kill you with my bare hands. Commando can do no wrong. No, no, it's perfect. (laughs) It's like dodgeball. When he's like, I don't need to see to throw the ball, right? Am I doing this right? Oh, Connor, don't bring in a shitty film <laughs> talking about fucking commando. Dodgeball is a diarrhea fucking turd. Hate that film. Let's you hear. Poop flavor lollipop. Yeah. This film. Okay, so we're doing our critics' five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. When the protagonist can electroshock, torture a thug for information, and the audience can applaud him for it, it's evident that an intriguing character has been born. <laughs> Bit of a reach on that one there. <laughs> Read a little harder. Overall, this is a good, not great release of a film that has made itself an enormous amount of money and earned its place among our generation's other semi-superheroic thrillers. That's a five-star review? Yeah, wow. it is. Do they know how reviews work? <laughs> yeah. Neeson started stars in the sort of part Harrison Ford. Har- sorry. Neeson would have stars in the sort of part Harrison Ford would have gotten 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, I have a certain set of skills. Skills that make me a. <sighs> oh, I forgot. No, there's literally that movie where he plays a banker who gets his family get held hostage. It's like. Just as bad as this one. I forget what it's called. Wasn't there also a movie with Mel Gibson where his family gets Ransom, held hostage? Ransom. Ransom, yeah. Ransom Gary, yeah. Gary, Gary Sinise is the bad guy. Yeah. And, and Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins is in that as well. Naturally. By the way, I just did the quick math. Do you know that fuck all three Taken films made almost a billion dollars? Almost. Wow. Well, it's always Taken four. You push it over the hump. I liked it, but don't expect the unexpected in this French action thriller, especially in an ending that is predictable as a Pine Saw commercial. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? What? How many stars are these? Five. All what? five. Jeez, uh, so this this is proving my point. <laughs> so, critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. <laughs> The cinematic equivalent of that guy in high school who was capable of making good grades, but always coasted through with C's. (laughs) It sounds autobiographical. (laughs) As Kim, Maggie Grace is a bit old to be convincingly to portray a boppy teenage. This is the, I copy and paste. I don't edit to convincingly portray a boppy underage teenager. Although she appears to be giving her best to a one-dimensional role that essentially disappears during the movie's slam-bang midsection. She's on heroin, asshole! What do you expect? (laughs) Merchant of Venice? I think she has like six lines in the whole movie. And it's, Daddy! (laughs) I love you! (laughs) Doting dads are doting dads, I guess, and there is just no stopping him, which is a shame as what follows is a big sorry mess of the most cliched, improbable, and xenophobic kind. (laughs) Wow. 
soapbox for one. <laughs> I, I love this line. Was Liam Neeson looking for a script with lousier dialogue than the Phantom Menace? <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to get a Phantom Menace stab in. You know what? It worked. <laughs> Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. Nice transaction. No problems. <laughs> By the way, there are a lot of those in the five star reviews. Oh. Kid you not. Next one. As a huge Charles Bronson fan, I love Vigilante Justice. Haha. Love this movie. Liam Neeson slapped around the bad guys who should have listened to his warning during that phone call. They paid big time stupid tax, in quotes. Liam also did a great job dodging hundreds, maybe thousands of bullets, which was quite impressive. His daughter's friend was an idiot and a hoe. Faux show. <laughs> He's a hoe, faux show. show. Do you love unadulterated, undiluted, unfiltered, pure, genuine, raw, awesome? Then Taken will have to file a restraining order against you because you're about to send it a fan letter gushing how much you love it in individually cut out newspapers and magazine letters. After putting, the, after putting this piece of cinematic history making bliss into your DVD player, one of two things will happen. You'll never be able to hit the eject button or you'll fall victim to sponca- spontaneous combustion after witnessing such skull fracturing, terrorist slaying wickedly gnarly coolness signed the guy who does the sunday 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 commercials is that fan fiction i'm a little chug did this guy just learn words that day (laughs) that was like the foreigner who learns like esl and really puts it all together with adjectives (laughs) and learns intensive modifiers i am very big happy (laughs) son of beach sheet One number of issues that were glossed over was the lasting psychological impact of the experience on the daughter, even after her rescue. She would never be the same again and would, I suspect, require extensive counseling to have any hope of resuming a normal life. Post-traumatic stress disorder would be as much as a problem for her as for any soldier. It could take years for the negative effects in this experience to be overcome. In that regard, the ending was much too much Hollywood Pollyannism. Signed, Jerry Springer. I actually saw a study the other day. It turns out uh, if you sing karaoke on uh, uh, U2 on a karaoke machine, it's as good as ketamine for PTSD. <laughs> so she'll be fine. <laughs> and especially while riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the movie should have ended. It should have ended her with her singing on the karaoke machine while riding a horse. Hello, say- hello, <laughs> hola. I'm in a place called Vertigo. Como esta? Don't they esta, sorry. I, I should have mentioned this earlier. My To debunk my YouTube point, the only hole in that argument is that it's very well established. she's a horse girl. So, like, rules don't apply here. So, she, <laughs> logic does not govern this, the mind of a horse girl. So, I mean, I'm, I'm poking holes in my own argument. Well, I, loved, I loved it when they, they were trying to... <laughs> They tried establishing that the guy was rich and they're like, what do rich people have? Big white mansions with butlers. And what do, what do they get for their kids? For Horses. We got to get horses. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a fucking, I think Connor would have changed his tune if they ended the movie this way. They come out of the airport and the guy's there with the, 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 the new dad's there with Famke Jansen. And she goes, how about a, how about a ride? And he goes, no, I'm going to go with dad. And dad goes, that's cool. I got transportation. 
and it's the dad's, it's a new husband's horse that he got for the daughter, and they ride <laughs> home. <laughs> he just got up and walked away. That's how good that was. Oh, now he likes that, the movie. Now he likes, that, now he's. Yeah, give me that of the game <laughs> reboot. I love it. <laughs> By the way, I lo- the game is so fucking underrated. I love that film. So good. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. One-star review. One-star review. One-star one-star reviews. Long one, but worth it. I might have guessed that Taken was not my type of movie, but I didn't realize how stale and offensive it would be. Welcome to a world in which Paris is pretty much more dangerous than safe Los Angeles. Women are helpless, naive, and out for risky hookups. The evil sex traffickers turn out to be rich Arabs. Natch, blonde Americans are the highest prize for the olive-skinned perverts. The French are generally helpful, unhelpful, and corrupt. And last but certainly not least, the American hero is more sadistic and a bigger killer and criminal than any of the foreign villains as long as to protect my family the ends justify the means including threatening innocent members of other people's families if you want a hero with that with self-doubt or a sense of humor nope not in taken if you want villains with personalities nope they're just they're just animals did this person miss the part whereas the albanians and the french are the true fucking criminals look the arab sheik was a piece of shit no one is denying that but he didn't hook her on drugs and pimp her out he just bought her the other guys were bigger pieces of shit and the there's a sentence you don't hear every day he just bought her (laughs) (laughs) i guess we're canceled now next The real world does not need movies like Taken. It's particularly sad that anyone would think that this movie is in any way true to life. The only thing true to life about this is that it says something about why America has so much trouble with its real problems. Signed, Professional Axe Grinder. Jesus. So people took... I'm I'm fucking politics. (laughs) People just want to mouth off and say how bad it is. But then they're the first ones to go to another country and have a problem go, American citizen, where is the American (laughs) embassy? Where is the embassy? (laughs) Fucking hypocrite pieces of shit. Um, I meant to rent Taken 2, which was great. If I had seen Taken first, I would have never seen Taken 2. I could not stand the daughter character. She seemed developmentally disabled. Parentheses. (laughs) That's the politically correct way to say what I really think. But she was in the second movie. They didn't yes. say it. Yes, she was in the second film. <laughs> this guy wanted to write Tardsies in the most in the most valuable <laughs> way, but would not. I, I guarantee you that was the first word out of his mouth. So much restraint. Good for I, <laughs> Thank you. I love this. <laughs> I, I love the story behind this. It made me aware of the underworld. <laughs> there are bad things out there. I know because I saw it taken. <laughs> I can't wait to show this person eight millimeter. <laughs> the human centipede. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, was not. That, that, was, that was written by Brendan Fraser in Blast from the Past. I'm pretty sure. I've never seen that film because I value my time more importantly. <laughs> Last one. Did not know I was getting the Spanish version. At least Amazon gave me my money back and let me kept let me keep the DVD. Got drunk and watched it. Very entertaining. <laughs> and that would be a better movie than what I just watched. Kevin Israel did Connor Tool of Bro Bible gut the sacred cow. Connor made 
one of my favorite points, I think, in recent memory on this podcast. I love the U2 point. That's fucking fantastic. He did, he did, he did make a lot of good points. Connor, I don't think you fully got this one, though. Oh. I, uh, I, I, this, this movie, uh, this, I don't know. I think it just stands up. And I, I think, I think if I, I think if we awarded you a gutting, you would have people at your house with, pole, with fucking torches. <laughs> You'd be surprised. And I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm saving you violence. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So this is, this is for you. The, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think the movie held up. I, I definitely enjoy, I, I'm really surprised that I liked it as much as I did on rewatch. Um, but you did a great job and you really put a, put good arguments together. So good for you, but taken still stands on its four legs. Oh, I, uh, I, that U2 point was great. And you can tell there wasn't much in the budget because they use, as you said, a hive song instead of a U2 song. Cause they're saying U2, <laughs> wouldn't they be dancing the mysterious ways in the fucking couch or, or, or fucking, uh, the cheery, sunny, bloody Sunday. Yeah. Real uplifting yeah. song. And then, and then you'd see Liam Neeson walk and go, I know this song. I played a lot at my bars. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I agree Kev, with Kevin Israel, that my co-host. That yes, you you did give it a, a nice oh, one-two uh, point to the what the fuck was that? A nice one-two kick to the uh, to the hooch. Not enough to take it out. You might have bitten its ear off, but it wasn't the fight wasn't stopped because of that. Yes, I say that because Tyson bit off Evander Holyfield's ear 26 years ago today as we tape this. But yeah, wow. good stuff nonetheless. Connor, appreciate it. Give us a shout out again. What are you up to? Where can we find you? What are you doing? Thank you. Yeah. So uh, just check out Bro Bible. Google my name on Twitter for like way too many tweets about Steely Dan. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really about it. If you, if you like that and like references to In the Mouth of Madness, then I'm your guy. So <laughs> you're, the fir- you're the first person under the age of 50 to make references to Steely Dan in a non-ironic way. <laughs> Kevin Israel, what about you, sir? Uh, find me at kevinisrael.com. My calendar is updated. I actually have a decent amount of dates coming up. I'll be at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut a few times in July and August. And, uh, and yeah, some, some shows coming up. And make sure to please leave us a review and a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. It makes us happy, and it makes the algorithm happy. And we all are slaves to the algorithm. So if the algorithm isn't fed, you don't know about us. So please, yes, yes, exactly. So please uh, leave us those reviews. It means something to us. It helps, and it uh, moves this beast forward. The algorithm is a fickle bitch, I must say. Uh, she's, she's a tepid lover. <laughs> KevinGoatee.com for other shenanigans or that are afoot. But more importantly, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. If you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow.com every single day. Follow us on YouTube, for the love of Christ. You're watching us right now on YouTube, some of you. And uh, we need a little help. Just subscribe to us on YouTube. Turn off the notifications. We don't give a shit. We're getting close to getting monetized. Every little bit helps. Just turn off notifications if you want to. But just subscribe to us on YouTube. GTSC Podcast on Twitter, Gutting the Sacred Cow on Facebook and Instagram. And that is that. Oh, one of the dogs have come in to say hi. Jailbreak. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Connor Tool, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. We will see you all next time. Avita Zen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.